0: Welcome to episode five of the Everyday Podcast and our guest this week, or month, whenever we record it, now I'm getting kind of confused myself, Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself because that's what we do around here because it's better if someone introduces himself. Um, So over to you.
1: Hi, so I'm Catherine from Catherine Rogers, I want to be formal about it, Yes. from um, Cut Out Collage. Um, So I'm a collage artist and an art therapist. I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of what I do. Um, hopefully I'll get some clarity on that as well as we talk about it. It's been a bit of a wild creativity ride. Um, but, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, we, we met um, virtually, didn't we, I think, online around um, get, trying to get together to go to one of your collage workshops and then the pandemic hit in 2020 and uh, thus online workshops became a thing and um, so yeah so tell me a little bit about yourself in terms of how comes you find yourself here I mean you don't have to tell me the whole story but maybe a little bit
1: yeah. it was a Tuesday afternoon <laughs> <Liverpool>. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was born in Liverpool I don't sound like it but I was born here um, I lived here until I was about 11 so after that kind of moved and lived in different places um, Yorkshire and London and Sydney and I got to a point where I'd done my art degree I'd done my art therapy degree and I thought I just need to find a base because I'm kind of, I've got this I've got this idea of setting up a business that I would quite like I feel entrepreneurial it's weird before I was I had this sort of weird feeling in my spirit that I was supposed to sort of set something up which is very daunting for a person who up until that point had had everything planned out I was always like a year in advance in my head and didn't really deviate from that too much. And I thought, you know what? Let me just let me just go back home and have a think about things. And home at the time was um, where my parents were, which isn't in Liverpool, but it was in the north. So I had a little think about things, and something really peaceful came over me when I thought about going back to Liverpool. Something really lovely about kind of going back to the beginning of where you've, where you've begun. And I came back and thought, you know what? I can't figure this out on my own in my own head. I just need to get an art studio, and I just need to make some art, and that's such a classic, like art therapist response, like make something and have a think about it. And <laughs> so as true. soon as I got into right? You just need to like get it out of your yeah, system and process it. it out, process it out. And I just was in the studio, and I thought, I'm supposed to be in something. I'm supposed to be in this space. I'm supposed to be here. And out just kind of started from there because I thought, I want to make collage all the time. I want to talk about it. I want to show people the therapeutic benefits of art. So I'm just going to make a business that can do that. And I'll grow it and see where it goes and just trust the process of it developing. And so almost two years in now. um, Yeah. So it it sort of started from there, just kind of figuring out where I wanted to base myself really and coming home to my hometown. It really feels like coming home, which is rather nice, really.
0: That's interesting, that idea of coming home and um, your your sort of way of giving yourself art therapy using your own training to train yourself and so what do you think makes you creative particularly
1: i think it started in high school i think i never really had a, a i've never had a thing from being young it's only when i kind of went into i'd say like year nine or something and i started to really enjoy art class and this is where i think teachers have the ability to change the world because I had a really good GCSE art teacher, who was really engaged. showed me loads of artists, some of which are like my favourite to this day, um, like Aubrey Beardsley is my king, alongside Frida Kahlo. You know, they're my, they're my royalty. And she introduced me to so much, and told me about exhibitions to go to, and and helped me with with my writing because my writing wasn't as strong, so my essays were never that good. She helped me with all of that. So I think from that point being engaged in creativity and making stuff just felt really calming to me or really enjoyable and it was something outside of it was something in school I was good at I wasn't terrible at school but I wasn't particularly I didn't particularly shine either apart from in as I started to get into arts and performing arts and theater study and that kind of stuff and then I found my I found my lane then but before that it was like you know I was intermediate maths I was sort of intermediate science I was just like a bit okay at stuff so once us And the school system itself often makes you feel, you know, you need to be excelling. But in the art room, the teacher told us all the time, yes, you might get good grades, but actually let's not think all all about that. Let's think about what you find enjoyable about this. Um, What is it about art that makes you feel good? And because we have those conversations then, I'm still having them now. So Mrs. Morn, wherever you are, you were awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Champion teachers.
1: That's it. It's the, they have the ability to really shape things, and some of them step into that. A lot of them, well, so many people have those stories, don't they? Of that teacher that told them you could be this or the opposite, and it does have an impact.
0: Yeah, um, actually, sometimes the sort of you won't make anything of yourself is a bit of a catalyst as well. But it's not that it doesn't have them. It doesn't have the same mileage as someone who tells you, "Wow, you're you know, it's great to hear you're really good at something." You know, it's like you don't have to be good at everything. It's just nice to feel that you've got a lane, isn't it?
1: Yeah and I think just the way that she um, framed it is like let's focus on why you enjoy this as opposed to because our, the school I was in especially was very kind of Oxbridge and I mean I wasn't but the school was and um, being in a, in an art room where we were being told to relax as opposed to be under pressure um, actually ended up the whole class did really well as a byproduct of just being told that they didn't have to do well Yeah, um, and there was something really beautiful about that and I think that switched something in my brain about what art is for it's not it's not for always for this kind of achieving mindset it's actually for relaxation and joy and sharing and connecting and I think she laid a lot of the the tracks that eventually became my art therapy journey I really think that um interestingly though I remember when I was really little my mum said we went to the gallery and my brother and sister were running around you know inside the the lines because they were really young at the time so they were sort of running around um looking at everything and probably being quite happy and playing and i would just used to sit there and look at pictures mm-hmm. and so maybe and i think my mom, being an artist herself had a big impact on stuff because she we had creativity around and she'd take us to galleries and things so it's probably a combination of some really wicked like awesome women in my life that <laughs> um kind of introduced me to it and told me to just engage with it however I wanted to there was no kind of right or wrong I think that makes a huge difference.
0: Mm-hmm. So how do you think that influences what you do in terms of where you are now or sort of some of the choices that you've made?
1: I think this idea of, of art being something that you share with people has come through all of these sort of people the other people that have shared it with me and it's, there's a sort of a responsibility but also and it's not an obligation, it's a joy to do it, to give it to other people, to share that space with other people and say, look, this this thing really helps me or makes me feel really able to process things and to feel kind of in control of my own thoughts because I can have it out, out on paper. I, I also really enjoy it. I, find a lot, I get a lot of joy from looking at other people's. I want to share this with you and I want to show you that this is an option for you. And I think um, that can be, it's natural for people who are maybe typically arty but everyone can have has some kind of creativity or, or a way in which they are creative. And I think um, it's not just this standard cookie cutter mold of you know the, the classic artist. Everyone's got a way in which they find solutions and try things and experiments. And sometimes being in a workshop means you can practice some of those skills that don't necessarily mean you're gonna be an artist full time. It just means that you're practicing this idea of being playful and experimental. And I think having really good artistic role models leading you know through my teenage years, telling me just to enjoy it and play with it. Um I think it set something in motion that now is like a real core of what I believe is this kind of you find that it's that Shakespeare quote, isn't it, that you, or maybe it's Shakespeare meant someone else, that sort of the per you meant to find your gift and then you meant to give it away.
0: Yeah. I don't know who said that, but it is something, isn't it? And no, or or this idea that um actually if you really want to learn something, teach it. You learn – I think it's you learn 90% more when you're teaching something than you do if you're just reading a book about it.
1: Oh, totally, because I feel in workshops I come away and I'm like, oh, gosh, that was a good idea. I message people all the time afterwards saying, like, you know, that thing you said, like, that's amazing. I want to, like, I want to share that again with other people. Is that all right? And they're like, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always credit people when they've given me good ideas, but the people that come in bring such a, like – energy and generosity and the conversations that happen in that space I'm learning all the time and I'm just blown away by people's ability to be generous with their creativity and their time and and the way they interact with others and and encourage each other that's the stuff that I like and I think that's why my workshops have this hope hopefully people feel this there's that art therapy flavor where we're not we're not in a therapy space but there is something really therapeutic and really encouraging about the space And it's trying to kind of connect people and feel that they can share and be with each other. So it's not just about the individual process, it's like everyone together as well. Um, Which you can be as much in or as much out as you want to be, it's kind of everyone's got their own level. And I think just art groups, Art groups can change the world, I think.
0: Well, I think it's like everyone's got their little tribe, haven't they, and everyone is creative in their own ways. You know, like I I really find it really interesting, people who geek out about engineering or gardening or drone technology. You know, whatever it is, whatever floats your boat, find people that are also into that. And, you know, it's, it's that sense of community, isn't it, and being able to relate to other people and coming together.
1: Yeah, exactly completely i um, sorry I was just plugging my charger into
0: my laptop that's all right I think what well, we're, we're we're both kind of getting ready for our work day in different ways aren't we and um how do you find um working where you work because you were saying to me about the importance of having like a studio space where you can go and I think you're part of a community in Liverpool aren't you
1: yes yeah, so I'm part of them um, make studios and um, they've got a couple of different ones across the city and I just find it I just find it unbelievably supportive having a group of people around you in the day kind of coming and going that you can bounce ideas off that you can feel their energy in the room people have got their projects up and about i think eventually um, i want to move into having kind of my own space so i can do a bit more recording and um, eventually kind of have some art therapy private practice which would be great Mm. but but i would still want to be kind of within a building where there's a community of artists so that you go and have a coffee or I'm a chatter as well so I love to go and talk to people um, and just hear about their projects so you're not always in your own projects
0: yeah yeah that that connection of it's the, I think they it's kind of cheesily called a water cooler moment but I think the I know the places that I've worked in that have had the most impact on my ideas and thinking have been those places where you bump into people at the coffee shop or you hear someone talking about something you're like oh my god I know someone who can help you with that that's amazing
1: totally i think um, I think there's a combination of back and forth that you get just all the time but also that community i think i always talk about creative community because i think it's a game changer um it's the reason why i think a lot of this social prescribing is, is coming about now in nhs services and medical services because they're trying to they realize that a lot of things that people are struggling with or, or finding hard to manage in the community is not just you can't just medicate it you actually need to give people ways to manage their isolation and ways to to feel more connected and included and loved and, and seen and actually giving someone anti-anxiety medication isn't always the answer to that
0: no I but think it's a combination isn't it, it's, it medication yeah. is really important for so many people and yeah. the total choice to be respected and honoured and then actually it's that well for it, anyone who medicates or doesn't Where do you go to be seen in your periods of time when you've got pain or anxiety? Because actually it may not necessarily stop you from feeling so anxious, but it might. And that's the difference, isn't it? It might make that difference. And um, I think it's all about building those connections and also helping redevelop neural pathways, especially in the pandemic. What are we all going to do now? I don't think we're going to go back to this. What's the new normal? no one like normal anyway like most people don't want to be normal so this new it's also it's almost like new uncertainty like a new uncertainty and tomorrow there'll be another new uncertainty
1: totally I think I think every. I think the best thing like we always say this a lot with them when I'm having kind of conversations around diversity as well it's having more variety more diversity more options is better so if someone goes to the doctors and has challenge and difficulty and is struggling with x y and z there are options there is you know you can be supported in therapy you can be supported on you know a proper course of medication that's going to help you you're going to be supported through finding new activity and connection you're going to be support there's just all these different options and I think um creativity is starting to be seen a bit more as, as as an option for people to feel um a sense of having a a space that's safe for them to be i think a lot of the time the reasons for, for difficulty um or some difficulties is, is connection um and connection problems connection issues this year has been everyone's experienced it to some degree in a different way um and i think there's a wider conversation happening now around what what people actually need and giving people more choices to what would actually be helpful for them or what combination of things would be helpful for them hmm. and i'm finding and getting a lot of people being in touch with a lot of people about that because they've got a community of, of people that are on you know some people that are on um, medication or are in therapy or i've had these things for a long time but they actually need they want something else as well they need a space to sort of feel connected to their communities and to the people that they live near or people that are like-minded or have similar interests so it's, it's about sort of holistically coming around someone, isn't it? Um, I don't know how we got here. No, I, I think
0: it. what, what <laughs> it's making me think of is it's like, no, although we're on a continuum, any kind of practice, whether it's a practice of um, mindfulness or daily medication, daily walking, daily art making, after a while it stops working. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily totally stop working, but it becomes quite routine. And I, I think there's this weird push and pull with, human animals where we like a bit of routine but if we have too much of it that can be quite dulling or anxious making and then not enough routine or you know no sense of control that's also really kind of terrifying as well so it's I think it's I think they say every three months you sort of you know the time management if you if you get into doing lists your brain will go yeah I know how to I know how to wangle this one now that's not going to work anymore you're going to have to come up with something else you know so you're always you're always changing So it would make sense that you would need to have different ways to engage
1: yeah and i think i love the conversations that come up in workshops where people talk about periods of time or pieces of work that they've made that really helps them think about where they were or help them sort of get something out of their brain that just felt too was so much in there getting some of it out especially with kind of words on the page in collage people have people send me things quite regularly which is just the most beautiful thing people send me pictures and say look I just processed this situation in my life and I made this big work about it and I really want to share it with you and it's it's just such um, a blessing and I feel very honoured to receive it but it just gets me thinking even more about you know what we what we offer people and what they need and yeah I'm just finding that I mean I'm, I'm having a lot of conversations with places who are, are saying actually we want to think about our art provision and what we do and we don't know really where to start and um that's really encouraging to hear because mm. I think yeah the more options we can give people of treatment is is the better and it's not to say that art is um is as effective as you know whatever but it's uh, it's about giving people a combination approach of, of different things they can implement and, and try and some of which are going to be you know from a, a doctor in, in a in a bottle and some of them are going to be opportunities to play and experiment and to feel sort of seen by others and then um, and validated that they've achieved something or all of these things and I, I think that's important in the human experience to feel like people see you and are interested in what you're making it's not about doing an art maybe you don't want to go to an art course you don't want to do a curriculum that feels you know maybe not what you want you want a space to be creative or to try something new that's going to not have pressure attached to it that's another thing um
0: i think it also has to be a shame-free environment as well because even if you've done an art training whatever training is because that's a whole other series of podcasts about what you do and don't get when you go to art college um is this sense that you know you can come away going, okay, well, I've got a pair of scissors in the kitchen, I can I can get a glue stick from the B&M and then I can just pick up a magazine somewhere for free in the station. Okay, I've got, that is a set of basic materials that I can somehow fumble my way through to make something different. Um, I did it the other day, I've been trying to work out about some next steps in my career and I was like, okay, cut some pictures out of a magazine, that will help. <gasps> it sort of helps me order my brain, like, oh, I want that, I want more fun or you know in in charge of your destiny or whatever the little phrases are that you find in magazines and it's it's it can be a really simple not it's a very low cost way of doing whatever you think art is but i i to me yeah. collage is ordering my brain
1: i love that it's it's the reason i love it so much is because to up till now i've I found that pretty much everyone that's come to a, a workshop or we, i've been in touch with or done a program for we can find a way to make collage work for you. Like you don't have to have, like you say, the most expensive materials. You can if you want, but you don't have to. If you even people that have struggled with holding scissors or feeling it feels uncomfortable, we can tear, I can show you how to do that in a way that's all different types of effects and textures and we can do things with magazines or books or photocopies or anything. We can always find a way and I think there's a workaround with it that includes mm. everything. And I, I love that about it. It's not, it doesn't exclude. Um, and there's challenges that pop up, like when I have to do, you know, collage in prisons. That is hard to do because you can't have a lot of stuff. But with, there's a workaround. We'll find it. And you always do. And, and people appreciate being considered in that way. So I, collage, I would also
0: say the fact you go into the prison in, in the first instance, having done some work in prison around mental health and creativity, that there's that I don't know I used to say to the guys inside it be like why why are you why are you spending your free time here they're like well why do you come and then we would be like oh well this is what we're getting out of it oh you get this out of it i get this out of it oh my god and we've got we've got a piece of paper and some biscuits in the room that's it there's it's very limited in what you you can't hide behind anything in those settings and i think that brings for something really fresh and very very special
1: some of the most raw and emotional and powerful artwork I've ever seen has been in prisons because the generosity of of people of the people I've met inside have been has been phenomenal they are so forthcoming with their story and I think that's a gift when anyone gives you their story so it's a beautiful thing and people the way people create with limited materials I think is so I think they can come out and teach us because we have all these fancy you know, nice rollers and scalpels when you're in prison, you've got none of that. And they, they just make the most beautiful work. But so they're so excited about it and proud of it. And they share with each other and encourage each other. And it's, uh, yeah, I've only I've, I've held it together most of the time. But one time I did have a bit of a tear because they were all um, sort of naturally at the end of towards the end of a, an art class, they were just sharing their pieces with each other and explaining what it meant to them. And I was like, this is why i'm training to be an art therapist because this is amazing people the power of people's words for each other through their artwork and about their artwork it was just like one of those moments in life where you're like wow this is i'm so lucky to be here you know yeah
0: it's a real privilege isn't it it's a privilege to do be a facilitator in any setting but particularly in a setting where choice and control is so limited so if someone does choose to come to that workshop or that conversation that's the difference between them maybe speaking to a family member or going to the gym and you know getting other types of self-care and connection in other ways so it is very hum very very humbling um so thinking like sort of sort of segueing into um more yourself because you said at the beginning you'd had this moment of peace when you felt that you could move back to home in Liverpool and it sounds like you use this sort of feeling that you get inside when you feel good and feeling calmed and calm to sort of direct yourselves how do you how do you relax like you're talking about bringing all these wonderful health benefits and community benefits for art to other people but how do you relax
1: a combination of things so the basic one number one that I do that I need and I literally won't move into a house if it doesn't have one I have baths are my big one. So like, I, am. If, if you've ever sort of watched me, as you said, you know, if you ever watched me on station, I'm running a hundred miles all the time. I love working and I, I, love, I, I'm an ideas person and I'm always scribbling and jotting and racing and sending myself emails. So I actually have to make myself stop and I have to physically put myself in a bath prison <laughs> to be like stop <laughs> someone has to lock you in
0: for a guided amount you're in there for half an hour now rogers yeah
1: definitely and same with like with yoga i need to like have a timed thing that i have that i do that i have to be in and i think that's the only way that it works for me so baths are really important and setting and making sure you know the way that i, I think to myself the way i set up a, a workshop and the way i kind of I always think of it as laying the table for someone and preparing like a a space for them. I always try and and do that for myself with the baths and sort of think, okay, what do I need to put around this to make a space that's special? So in order to kind of keep giving that to others, I need to make sure that it's coming in. And that's a practice. I won't pretend that I'm an expert at that because I'm practicing it all the time. Um, And the other one is sketch, like personal sketchbooks. So I have at the moment, a really nice concertina one. That I'm just so it's like a never-ending collage I love those and books that, yeah they're great and it's really personal and I think I've set a boundary around it that even if something in it is really good for top tips actually some things for me are just going to be for me because otherwise my creativity space is mine leads into cutout and then it's not mine anymore
0: it's really important um, isn't it for me like often people say why don't you sell your paintings I'm like they're not for sale I will, say, I will show things if I want to, but a very, very long – actually, it was pretty much after university I thought, this is fraught with not, not being able to tell the difference between who I am outside of myself and who I am in other places in the world, and actually some things are just there for me. I just like noodling away or faffing about or – I don't know. It's in, interesting, isn't it, what you put in a sketchbook that you don't show someone and then maybe something you do for others, and that boundary is so important.
1: I think that's that's a big one that I've found since starting Cuts Out that I've really needed to put in place because, yeah, there isn't – otherwise there's no space for me to exist outside. And you don't, I don't want my whole identity to be, you know, collage lady, as great as that is. <laughs> um, oh, it's the collage <laughs> lady. Hi, all. Yeah, a few people have said, oh, I've, you know, they come into a workshop and be like, oh, I've been watching Top Tips. And it's really nice and it's so sweet, but it's um, – I have to remember that I'm Catherine as well, and that I have like other feelings and other interests and other things. Um, so boundary, like learning, I think that's an entrepreneurial journey, isn't it? Learning boundaries is a, especially if you're someone that's a bit of a, a chronic worker anyway. Um, and it does help that I've got another space that I need to be in another job, um, where I have to be present and not it's not a collage based space so i need to have like another an ability to move my mind away from um cut so i'm not in it all the time so i think that's the big ones for me is keeping boundaries and remembering to stop and pause um because i'm sort of inviting people to do that in workshops all the time like take a moment be here so i have to go home and then tell that to myself and actually because you can't you can't do it authentically if you're not trying to get yourself. You know? I think I
0: think that's it, isn't it? You, you know, they say you teach you teach what you need to learn yourself, and the most the 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 most and most brilliant teachers for me are the people who you can see really struggling through that. You know, like it's the humanity of facilitation, isn't it? It's like hi, here's the space I hold for you because I'm holding it for me at the same time, and that I couldn't. You know, I I find you know I find I'm very admiring of people that you know sort of present as people that don't ever have any kind of issues um but i think probably when they close the door they probably do you know it's um
1: for sure and it's and it's okay to have them and i think it's it's a bit of a process on learning how to how you present that to the world because as an entrepreneur you know your whole brand is out there your whole everything is out there but actually i think there's a beauty in that honesty and being being vulnerable in a way that shows your humanity is not a bad thing um, so it's okay to struggle with stuff but the other side of that struggle is that I'm really trying and the things that I'm sort of presenting outwards yeah I'm, I'm practicing as well I'm sort of on this journey together a bit of of figuring out how to be creative and joyful and kind to ourselves and you know getting a, a decent quality of life for the years that we've got um yes yeah, so it's it's sort of like a, a, a journey that you're you're in with people as opposed to like being in front of some expert which is just not you know. Not very rarely, the truth is it. So,
0: so we know that you're a bath queen and you're a work in progress. If you could say some things to your younger self
1: about your creativity, what do you,
0: what do you reckon you wish you knew that you know now?
1: The biggest thing that I'm definitely still learning and, and telling myself, um, sort of finding a way through, is just stop or try your best. Not stop. Try your best to not worry so much about what people are going to think and what people are going to say. Right. Um, and I think that's said quite a lot. But for me, that's really a big deal. It, it, the reason I think it sort of took me so long to even start cut out was because it's when I said it out loud, people were like, "Oh." Um, and that really impacted me, if I'm really honest, because there's a few people in my life whose opinion I really value and now what I'm sort of learning to do is to let people tell you what they think and then make a decision in my own autonomy but knowing that you can take the advice or not you don't have it doesn't have to frame your decisions and I think my younger self was very concerned with how it would be received and now I think actually if my ethos and my purpose feel right and my values feel aligned that's okay and if other people other people's opinion and support and and conversation is important but it's not the reason I'm going to make choices um Mm. that's the big one it's um I think it's just I think I don't know how is that an age thing is that you
0: kind of realizing where you sit within a, a society where women or people who identify as women more often than not are prone to sort of seeking approval or I don't know I mean I'm kept care- I want to be careful to say that because I know that's not a gendered experience but it is a pattern sure. I see more in people who identify as women.
1: I think it's also when you are doing something that's out of the norm or out of in the kind of the groups that you are in and the, the systems that you're connected to if you're doing something a bit different I think it for me it was helpful just to think about what's my fear and what's other people's fear and to think actually what am I holding in in this decision? I'm actually feeling quite calm about this. The reason that I'm feeling maybe a bit wobbly is, is that person's fear has really been handed into me. And that's not mine. Yeah, so absolutely. And not everyone
0: takes risks in the same way. And it makes me I'm, I think it's really important that, you know, I mean, you may know this anyway, but no one's ever done this before because no one's ever been you, you know, and mm-hmm. that entrepreneurial journey of putting your stake in the ground and going, I think this might work is terrifying for lots of people in your life particularly caregivers and close people who you know most people say oh I want my child or my partner to be happy well is that what they want maybe they want to be scared or calm but fearful I don't know like there's it's it's a sort of strange we we I do it myself and I really annoy the hell out of me given the jobs that I do you know like oh are you sure are you sure that it will work it's like that's not the best question to ask
1: it's also, like, I feel the purpose of what I'm aiming towards to sort of create like making spaces for other people to feel able to create that's what I want to do. And cut out might grow and develop, it might burn out, and then the purpose will never go. The brands and the names and the business titles that might change in the future, but the purpose of what I'm trying to do in the world to make spaces for people to be creative that's there. So i think that really calms me down when i think actually i'm going to attach myself to the purpose of what i'm trying to do as a, you know trying to love people through creativity rather than worrying so much if the branding is perfect or whatever like that's the journey that will change um and i just trust i am learning to trust a bit more in the risk-taking and the unknown it's uncomfortable don't get me wrong i'm not like some super zen just sort of person floating through it all I wake up in the morning sometimes and like everything I've chosen to do in my life is wrong. And then you just get a breath, you get a breath and you're like, hang on, it's okay. Just like. Yeah. Actually yesterday was a good
0: day and that's enough. And yeah. you know, what's wrong anyway? I, again, because, and also I do think this sort of the change in availability to the privileged people in the world. And this is the truth because we are very privileged in having this conversation, yeah. having access to technology um, is that, over time, some more people have access to studio spaces. Whereas in the past, perhaps, you know, maybe even a decade or 15, 20 years ago, we would have been like squeezing it in on a table somewhere in our house. Even the yeah. fact you can work on a laptop if you have access to a laptop on a bus or sit in a park. I mean, those things are really changing this, yeah, this, the new, as I'm going to call it, the new uncertainty of every day um, um, yeah. and how that makes us. Able to be more creative or not,
1: and I think that makes me think. Actually, that's such a nice sort of this got me thinking about um if I'm in a position privileged enough to be able to take this risk and to step out into something that's different and new, and know that if it all crashes down, I'm not going to be homeless because I don't want to move back in with my parents. But, I mean, much as I love them, but I could. So actually, how privileged am I to be able to step out into this risk, knowing that if it all came crashing down, um, and it all disintegrated and all everything fell apart, I wouldn't be on my own. So how it's almost like, how dare I not take this risk? I'm, you know, this is fine. This is yes, this is such a good space for me to do this. And how how lucky am I that I can? So just take the fear out of that, because actually the fear then isn't. The fear isn't about it not succeeding, the fear is about how people are going to respond to it. It's all it's people's opinion. It seeps into everything. And I think um when I started to realise that, I thought, actually, um I have always valued my uniqueness in other ways and feeling it's little steps that you take in your life, isn't it, where you just slowly accept the parts of you that aren't like everyone else, and that's a journey probably through them through a lifetime. But it's just building authenticity slowly by each sort of piece of the jigsaw of you being like tick that bit's okay tick that bit's okay and it doesn't mean that you eventually think you're wonderful but you, en- you eventually sort of just accept yourself a bit more um and i think that's a, a big journey that creativity has helped me with as well just like figuring out who you are um one of my tutors said that to me when we were training as art there she was like basically what we're doing is creating a space for people to get to know themselves better um that's lovely and I love- that stuck. that's just will stick with me forever
0: yeah um, and that that's the lovely thing of being able to have that privilege of being to able to pull together a space online or in person and say would you like to come to the table here's some things you might want to play with touch even if you don't touch any of them sit and have a chat with someone next to you that you might have a connection with and I love how people sort of find commonality with each other over the table and it's that it's it's by stealth isn't it people will come away and go oh my god I've said things to people around the table and you that I've never said in my life how did you make that happen it's like well it's actually quite simple people have been coming together around mats tables you know places you can sit together or stand together for a very very long time so it's it's actually quite simple isn't it but um, requires a lot of experience I mean any tips for anyone who's listening who is maybe listening to this and hopefully thinking oh you know well how can I how can I take some of what you know and put it into my life?
1: Um, in terms of kind of being creative or?
0: Yeah, I just think whatever. I mean, obviously there is a context to this podcast, but say what you feel.
1: Um, no, I think the best place to play, sort of have yourself at the beginning of a creative journey is to lower your expectations and pressure that you push on yourself for what your art making is going to be like. Whether you're an artist or not, sometimes, um, trying something new is the best thing and putting yourself outside of your skill sets and just saying you know what this is about play this is about experimentation that doesn't need to be a masterpiece because actually what you'll end up finding a lot of the time is you'll make stuff that surprises you when you've got less pressure and easiest way to do that i think is to get a sketchbook a lot of the time Mm -hmm. so you're not kind of thinking to start with these big canvases or these big sheets of paper just having a sketchbook where you can play and doodle or journal and it there's no rules to what that needs to look like. It's it's an experimentation space. I think, and you can close it, you can put it on a shelf, you can have it open. I, I think that's a really good place to start if you're not sort of creative already, or you don't think you are. Um, And there's so many people out there online that are showing all different kinds of ways in which to do things. So people can guide you through. You don't need to read books anymore. You can watch any kind <laughs> of like, video Books are great, but... This generation, the younger generation, I feel like um, sometimes that's where we need to catch people. Um, Also, it's just nice to feel connected, especially at the moment with someone speaking to you. I think that's really nice. Um, And just get around other people that have given it a go as well. And um, I think making more spaces in the art world that aren't aren't elitist or aren't hugely pressured expectant spaces, is really good so making places where normal like we we're saying for normal people can be um, and create together without feeling um they have to do it in a particular way uh. There's a space that's leading them that can help them but they're also just allowed to be who they are and and be a bit wild i think sometimes we as adults we like don't have many chances just to be a bit feral and to like be with art materials and to be a bit kind of crazy like we are as children we just we, we sort of feel like we're not allowed
0: to be like that anymore yeah the, me, the we're, me, childhood is messy and uh, as we get older it seems like I've, I've, I used to work in I was an uh, outdoor youth worker and I also worked in play association so my thing is like where are the adult ballparks I mean now they're they're a thing um and you know usually like,
1: loads of alcohol. that's the trouble the tr- <laughs> well,
0: then again that's the thing it's like you I, I was thinking about my own journey around like drinking and self-medicating with alcohol and stuff at points like now I'm at a stage where it's like I've had to reteach myself what's fun without that that crutch or that sort of lubrication to sort of project a certain type of myself onto poor, poor other people, sorry. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. So what's coming up that people can get involved with either online or face-to-face?
1: Yeah, so the best place to kind of keep updated with me is Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram's kind of mainly where I put everything and it's all linked up to Facebook so if you don't have it Instagram you can see both um, so I've got like li- I do weekly top tips if you just need some help getting started. when are they, the cho- are they Tuesday top tips? They are collage top tips on a Tuesday and it's all just little it's me being silly really but little ways to help you get going with some collage. Um, I also got workshops back on if you're based in Liverpool or surrounding areas. We've got the Liverpool Collage Club, which is bi-monthly at the moment in Make North Docks. All the info for that's on my website as well. Which I'll put there. some of that
0: in the bottom of the the podcast right up as well for anyone listening. Yeah,
1: all of that's there, and kind of the more ex- a couple of exciting sort of things are upcoming. Um, I'm doing art programs with, with some different prison sites at the moment, which is exciting, um, but also kind of developing those to be in other health and social services. So. Just for different spaces, for pe- where people are um, needing support with mental health, and they have some creative offerings, but don't really know how to kind of re-energize them or get them going. So um, again, you can reach out to me on the website about talking about that kind of getting a bit of a sort of a bit of a, a boost in what you can offer people in terms of creativity that isn't just coloring in. As good as coloring in can be for people, it's not the only thing that we should be offering them. So. I help sort of services think about bringing variety and um, helps a lot with sort of the mental health staff. That I was about to
0: say. Do you? am in my practice, having done the sort of similar types of project. Yeah. My first place to start is work with the staff and see where they're at, and encourage them, and often like help them make an art trolley with all the different bits of materials and things. You know, yeah,
1: because actually, what they're doing every day is a hell of a lot. And they don't always have the space to sit down and design a whole new art program because they have a huge caseload and loads to do. So that's what I found a lot in the prisons that I've been in is helping equip staff a bit with a, a catalogue of stuff or some ideas as well. Mm. Um, finally, my friends and an art therapy colleague, Jen, who lives in Canada, we're starting a podcast. Yay! Go to record one, yeah, which is a bit about our journeys as female entrepreneurs, creative entrepreneurs and um, both kind of are muddling through and sort of we thought about doing it further down the line and then we thought actually no let's get people involved now while the journey's still like rolling and, and get people involved now as opposed to when we're a bit more together it's probably a bit funny enough.
0: I like the idea I think you should call it muddling through I think that's a really great name for a podcast
1: <laughs> yeah because it, that's basically we basically had these really long zoom calls where we would be laughing in stitches at each other at the things we were doing and um, and all the things we were trying that did work, didn't work, and everything in between. And we, she was like, we need to record these just because they're hilarious. And I was like, that's so true. I mean, we think they're funny. They're, they might
0: not be. <laughs> uh, well, uh, look, I would, as, a, as, a, as a DIY podcaster on my episode five with you, our wonderful guest, um, when I first did the first one, you know, I think we had two listeners, but one person wrote to me from New Zealand saying that totally was exactly what I needed to hear. It's helped me change my life.
1: And you're like, oh my god, bring it on! You know, one at a time. You can never lose sight of that one. And I think you can. I sometimes get in your head these thoughts of just like not being big enough or reaching far enough. And then you get that message from someone that's like, I had a loss in my family, and I made a collage about it, and I felt grounded in that moment. And it's like, oh, Kathleen, it slams you back down, and you're like, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm here and those that one person is the reason and yeah so you're totally right that person in new zealand was what you made that podcast for that is beautiful how lovely is that um and i think jen and i just hoping that even yeah if one person who comes out of our art school feeling like overwhelmed and not sure where to start can listen to these two you know weirdo women talk about their journey and have a bit of a laugh and encourage each other um that's what it's about. It's that like one person feeling like a bit benefits, you know, that's what it's about. I think it's so easy to lose sight of that in the world of social media comparison and all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, it's a great place to end. So whoever's listening to this right now, hopefully you're that one person and maybe you know that another that one person that you can pass it on. So share it, tell your friends and thank you so much for coming and we look forward to hearing from you and your podcast. We'll share on our social media when it comes out. So thanks very much. Bye. You.
1: Bye, bye, bye.